welcome to this week's of Photographic Life, the first in a three-part special series dealing with the state of photography. Some suitably futuristic music there, perhaps to uh, give a sense of what we're dealing with. But I'm not promising any answers, and I'm not only dealing with where we are with photography today. The idea behind this three-part series is past, present and future. And in this episode, we're going to deal with the past. But each episode is going to begin with the past. It's going to begin with something I've read and I'm going to read to you from the past of the photographic medium. To help us try and see, has photography moved forward? Are the themes that were there 30, 40, 50 years ago, are they still there today? Are we still struggling with the same questions as we ever were. So let's begin by going backwards. Backwards exactly 50 years to the 26th of July 1974 and the editor's letter in the British Journal of Photography, written by the editor... Uh, Jeffrey Crawley, who was a very well-respected editor of the magazine, without shadow of a doubt, a technical expert. Anyway, I'm going to read what he wrote. It's quite long, but there's a lot in there for us to get tucked into. He says this. Tucked away in the report on the recent Eurofot seminar for students and teachers of photography was a most significant remark. The importance in teaching of the correct balance between freedom and direction. This is a central problem, not only in photography, but in education generally. The great change in attitude can be traced back to the immediate post-war years, when schools received an influx of teachers returning from the war, then of graduates who had received their higher education after wartime service, or latterly, after conscription. These groups had had their horizons more than usually enlarged before becoming students, and their experiences disoriented them from the normal academic system, in which many could not then achieve their full powers of concentration. They brought a sense of unrest into a traditionally a minded profession, and having undergone an apparently sterile military type discipline themselves placed greater emphasis on nursing the personalities of their students than on disciplining them into what they might be. From the ranks of their pupils stemmed teachers increasingly anxious to try new ideas and methods, often merely because they were different, rather like the new occupant of a house who does not feel satisfied until every room is redecorated, whether they all need it or not. Like many movements originally of much beneficent content, this one may have run to excess. The expression of individuality is one aim of education, certainly, but individuality must be achieved 
after the acquisition of a dis- disciplined approach. If it is not to become non-productive self-indulgence, without the prior assimilation of a structured understanding and mastery of the chosen subject as a whole, doing one's own thing is just a selfish waste of everyone's time and a postponement of the day when the inescapable realities of being alive and staying alive must be faced. When those realisations eventually dawn, too much may have been frittered away for it to be possible to attain a fulfilled existence, and the thwarted individualist may then turn on society and the system. The subjugation of self until the skills and knowledge relevant to one's work are comprehensively absorbed is not only a sheer practical necessity for those who are to get anywhere, but it is also a psychological necessity during adolescence. One understood even in the allegedly most primitive of savage tribes. In its absence, a student is as deprived as if he were refused food and is just as much an object for sympathy. Worse still, the fundamental evolutionary force formed by a continuing reaction between accumulated wisdom on the one hand and fresh energies and thinking on the other, in the crucible of higher education, stops and society retrogrades. How can the teacher in higher education exert the pressures necessary to cultivate a disciplined individuality rather than a self-indulgent dilettantism when, from primary school onwards, the student may have been encouraged to believe that the way forward is in doing the things he likes in the way he likes at the time and pace he likes? The answer is certainly not in a return to old-fashioned regimentation and learning by fear. A new balance between the extremes has to be found. Only in this way can the student be brought to realise that, however, however, excuse me, however well-informed and worldly attuned to enable him properly to sift, analyse, hold or reject ideas, aims and paths of action which attract him, those who have done their own thing educationally right along the line seem to land up as blind conformists to simplistic ideas. The impression should not be given that our colleges are filled with layabouts. There is a strong core of those who have a very clear idea of what they want to do and what is necessary in the way of study. Those with real ability will always make their achievements. Indeed, they are the true individualists. It is all the more important that true professionalism is taught. As regards photography in particular, the course between freedom and direction is particularly difficult to define, since apparently adequate pictures can be made with modern cameras merely by pointing and shooting, and at least in the past there have been easy pickings for the untutored with a flair. I wonder what your response was is to what I've just said. Did it sound incredibly archaic, old-fashioned, narrow-minded? Or did it sound as if it was placing down some foundations that you personally believe in? Is that a reflection to your, or I should say, a reaction to your own education? 
Do you have children, older, younger, whatever it may be, who are going through an education, which kind of, I suppose, in a sense, is what Jeffrey was talking about. That idea of encouraging the uh, individualism, the creativity over technical understanding. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Is the fact that modern cameras, as he described them in 1974, were able to just give you an image by picking them up, is that relevant to where we are today, where everybody has a mobile phone and everybody and anybody is taking a photograph? And that mobile phone is able to produce an incredibly strong image from a technical perspective. Where I wanted to start with this idea as to where photography is now is to go backwards and to recognise that the discussions which are currently being had around AI are similar to the discussions that were had around digital which were similar to the discussions that were being had around the easily accessible and the cheaper camera, the compact camera. Funnily enough, exactly the camera in exactly the year 1974 that I was given for my birthday, a little uh, Instamatic, easy to use, push on a flash cube and off you go. That was my introduction to photography in the year that Jeffrey Crawley is saying that perhaps this is a problem, that there should be a return to the technical, because he had a personal belief in that. Now, where we are today with photography, I don't think, and this is why we're starting off with talking about the past, is that different from where we were in 1974. And you could also argue going back through the evolution of the camera and the evolution of the the medium from a technological perspective in a very similar way that music has embraced all forms of technology to create new music and new forms. Similarly, with photography, photographers have taken on the challenge of new technology and move the medium forward. But there has always been a call for the past, a call back to the past. I think where photography is today, as far as the past is concerned, is that it doesn't recognise the past enough. It doesn't look back at these writings from the 1970s or 60s and 50s and think about how relevant that conversation was and it remains and is today. I don't mean that from an academic perspective. I just mean that from the everyday photographer perspective. Most of you who are listening to this podcast will have been involved with photography for maybe 10, 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 years. Your experience with the medium that informs where photography is today is based in the past, is based in that history. So just as my introduction in 1974 was through a camera that the BJP, the British Journal of Photography, were were calling out, 
despite the fact that they were taking advertising to sell those cameras in its pages, so there's a, a dichotomy there, today we are in exactly the same place. The question has to be, are we as photographers willing to move forward? At this point, I'd like to return to another uh, particular issue of the British Journal of Photography from 1974. This time uh, from the 20th of December, and it's a reader's letter from E.J. Gleeson of Wanstead, London E12. Uh, Mr. Gleeson says this, apart from other things in his letter, Photographers must learn that they are not, and I think should not, be fine artists. They are communicators, and as such should strive with all their ingenuity and the ingenuity of their fellow communicators in allied fields to convey the truth as they see it to as large an audience as is humanely possible. Sound, movement, vision, and the ability to communicate through the written uh, word are all interwoven elements in our daily lives. It is therefore an unnecessary departure from reality to extract one of these elements for examination by itself. In conclusion, I urge photographers and designers to seek out new ways to convey their truth so that the comprehension of their message, which is the most crucial part of the exercise, uh, may be improved. He, leaves, he ends that letter, I should say, yours faithfully. It's wonderfully old-fashioned in that sense. And he begins it, dear sir. But what he's saying there is so relevant to me to where we are with the state of photography today. But once again, the themes that are being raised and being discussed are not new. The past informs the present and leads the future. And when we as photographers are clinging desperately to the idea of what a photographer is, whatever that definition may be, wherever that definition came from. I think it's really valuable to be able to go back 50 years and to hear from people who were challenging that perception even then. So, although it may be easy or convenient for somebody working today to say that photography was always just about this very narrow focus as to what makes up a photographer. What are their skill sets? What should they achieve? The reality is that those perceptions have been challenged for many years. I think that's interesting. I think that that's a good place to begin with if we're going to try and work out what the state of photography is today. Primarily because I don't think that the state of photography today, despite all of the uh, concerns about earning a living, about creating work, about AI, about creation of imagery, about commissioning of imagery, about whether or not we're artists or photographers. All of this has been spoken about before. 
The problem, of course, is that despite all of that conversation in the past, no real set agendas or solutions or answers were reached. The conversation goes on, and in a sense, photography begins to eat itself. It becomes so absorbed, uh, sorry, not absolved, it becomes so absorbed with the reality of itself that it forgets that it exists in a much wider and broader world. Now, I'm not giving any answers to any of this. I'm not giving you solutions, and I'm not going to say that this is what the state of photography is. As always, this, for me, is a thought process, and I'm putting that thought process out to you to consider. So, to end up this week's episode, the past conversation is the same as the present conversation. The challenge for all of us as photographers, I think, is can we accept that fact and then can we try and move that conversation on? Next week, we're going to deal with the present. I wonder if that conversation is going to differ greatly from what has been before. Somehow, I don't think it will. Take care.